welcome to episode 34 of the Ringside Rundown podcast. This episode, we'll be recapping the Royal Rumble from last night, and by we, my name is Eric Vasquez, and joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. She is Shay Hickson. Shay, how you doing? Not gonna lie, I'm uh, I'm tired. I think, tired. We, all, I think we all I think we all are because it is uh, yeah. It's a it's a little early for us. We're we're it's very early. we're like we're we're like uh, I'm I'm more of a boomer millennial and you're a millennial. We don't we don't wake up past past twelve if we don't have to. Yeah, I, especially on a <laughs> Sunday, you think we'd be able to sleep in, but now unfortunately I have a busy schedule this afternoon so we had to and i had a busy day yesterday so we had to <sighs> we had we to had deal to, with it we had to get this in and uh to quote the great excalibur you got to give the people what they want right. and they and they want more ringside rundown podcast and uh like i said today we're going to be talking about last night's royal rumble which was a show <laughs> it was um you would think after what we watched last night, I wouldn't have had trouble sleeping, but uh-huh. that, uh, that did not happen because this show hurt in more than one way. Yeah. I don't, and- I don't, I don't know. Like it's, <sighs> it's, it's, it's so surprising that they can't get the Royal Rumble right. Yes. And that hurts my soul because we've talked about it leading up to the show. I, my favorite pay-per-view WWE puts on is the Rumble and it's because of the surprise factor that with just the rumble matches in general and we'll get obviously more into it a little bit later but (laughs) there was no really no surprises and when there were surprises if you want to call them that they were fine (laughs) just i find my or i found myself going why did they waste the pick on this Mm -hmm. yeah which hurts yeah it was uh it was i mean especially for the venue that they were in it was it looked massive They had something like close to 45,000 people there, you know, like, so it would have been cool to have uh, a couple big surprises, a couple big wow moments. And of course, WWE is going to play it up as uh, we have plenty of wow moments, but uh, as as, as a viewer, it just felt uh, a lot of it felt kind of flat, but we're going to get into it and we're going to let you know what we liked, what we didn't like. And we also have a couple questions at the end of the show, do we? Yes, we have... uh... We have quite a few, actually. All right, awesome. Can't wait to get into it, so might as well start. Um, the show opened up the main card because there was no pre-show matches. The show opened up with a pretty big match, the Universal Championship match between champion Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. This one I was actually excited for because I felt this one had the most fleshed-out storyline, yes. uh, made the most sense, and you got two guys who have mixed it up before, but they don't mix it up quite often. And when they do, it's a pretty big deal uh, in Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And this one definitely had the the aura of a big deal. And before the match even started, Rollins gear with the shield gear and the music and coming through the crowd, like, oh my God. It was, I didn't expect him to do that, but I guess I should have because they played up the fact that he's been in Reigns' head for weeks now because the one thing that Roman can't get over is the fact that Rollins betrayed him and Moxley in the Shield. So for him to do that was such a big, like, middle finger, and I loved it. Yeah. And then the match was really good. I think that's 
I think that's the frustrating thing about the show was that the matches, some of the matches were really good. It was just the bad parts about it just kind of overshadowed everything. But their chemistry, you ex- like you said, they don't wrestle all the time, but when they do, it's really good because I don't think anybody knows them better than each other. Yeah. I mean, you were in the, they were in the biggest, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest faction in WWE history in the Shield. So that was a really good match. Um, I guess I'm not really surprised by the ending. I know a lot of people were pissed about it. I wasn't pissed. I was just kind of like, man, that was a bummer because it was a pretty good match uh, leading up into that point. And then I'm trying, I'm struggling to find the the reasoning as to why Roman would get himself intentionally disqualified by not answering the referee's five count when uh, Rollins got to the rope when they had the guillotine choke on him. So um, it was, it was just kind of like, yeah. What's you. your theory? Yeah, there's a I have. Two, to okay. Um, well, I think they kind of go hand in hand. They both kind of go together. I think he didn't let go because I think he was just so blinded by rage because Rollins was laughing at him right before he put the guillotine choke on. He was that's true laughing basically again, flipping him off uh, figuratively once again. And I think it was more or less like storyline wise done because I feel like they're gonna probably do this again because. Why wouldn't they? Well, but then again, after after what happened later, we kind of know that might not be the case. But <laughs> it was a good way, I think, to protect both of them because obviously Roman wasn't going to lose the title. And Rollins is already on a roll, so they didn't want to lose his momentum either. But Rollins can, whenever they revisit this, because you know they probably will at some point, he'll say, you still can't beat me. Technically, he didn't, technically he didn't lose. Roman got disqualified, so Seth technically won the match. Yeah. So, because that was a big selling point with the feud, too, was when it mattered most, Reigns couldn't beat Rollins, and still couldn't, because he was just so blinded by rage, and about the fact that Rollins was so far in his head, it wasn't even funny, and then the absolute beatdown he (laughs) suffered afterwards. Beatdown to the point where the chair that uh, Roman Reigns used was just bent into a metal ball, basically. Honestly, he, and I don't know if you caught this, but did you catch, like, when he actually hit Rollins? Rollins fell the exact same way he did when they broke the shield. Yeah, yeah. Right onto the rope. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That was a good yeah. like, throwback. I like that. But, yeah, it, it really was, like, what Michael Cole said it was cathartic because it's, oh, it was one of those complex kind of things in the storyline where you almost didn't really feel bad for Rollins because you could tell that that was like Roman had been holding on to that for a very, very long time. And I think anybody would. Yeah. So I didn't really feel bad for Rollins in that moment. I feel like Roman was a little justified in doing that. Cause you know what? That's karma coming back to bite Rollins in the ass. So yeah, it was, it really was a good match though. From start to finish, it was really good. Uh, a great way to start the show. Too bad it just uh, couldn't live up to that from uh, that point forward. Yeah, well, I asked you guys what you thought on Twitter, what you thought of the match. We did the fire emoji polls, which we do for every, I guess, what they're calling premium live event. And I I asked you guys, and you guys enjoyed the match. 
uh, 47% gave it four flame emojis and 35% gave it three flame. So the majority of the votes that came in for the match really enjoyed the match. Again, it was just a, it was a weird finish for me at the, at the yeah. I guess with, with you explaining your logic, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I think it, for me in that moment, watching the match and the match being so good itself, I kind of wanted to find a definitive winner, yeah. um, you know, and maybe Roman, finally getting that win that he's never gotten before but with listening to your theories and everything it makes a lot of sense uh and we also can't forget that in three weeks time there is a pay-per-view or a premium live event that's happening in saudi arabia so who's to say they can't revisit it there exactly which i mean that's a whole other topic i'm sure we can talk about next week because I think I think our um, listeners know our feelings on the whole Saudi Arabia stuff, but yeah, not surprised, it, I guess. But <laughs> it it is what it is at this point. Yeah, they're clearly this, not going to give a shit about what our the fans think. So yeah, we have no we have no voice when it comes to that part of of WWE. I wish but, we did uh, though. <laughs> yeah, you would think we would, you know, being the consumers. Yeah, but if the executives are the ones paying the bills, then yeah. Who really cares what we think I care? <laughs> sure. But uh, next up, we had the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, and this was an interesting Royal Rumble. I had a lot of surprises. that Because that was the one thing we were, we were kind of worried about. We were kind of complaining about. Was that they were wasting all the surprise entrances uh, for the Women's Royal Rumble by announcing them early. But they still had some pretty nice surprises in there. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, literally, right off the bat, number two, Melina yeah. coming out, which first off, though, I feel like we're gonna do this, where we're gonna, like, break down kind of, like, every few, uh, entrants or so, because I feel like that's really the only way to talk about a rumble, so starting with Melina, god, did she get the shaft, that was, um, I wasn't really expecting that, Yeah, I would have expected her to last a little longer than what, it was, like, 30 seconds, a little more, yeah. maybe, yeah, pretty much. Like, that was, that was terrible, because <laughs> she looked good. She looked really good. Yeah. And, yeah, I kind of expected a little more than that. That was, uh, <sighs> that was a shame. That really was a shame. Um, I'm just looking through the other, um, the entrance as we went along. Um, <sighs> obviously you got the usuals coming in, and then Sonya came in. I said it was only a matter of time before Naomi came in. Then you got Cameron, which was which That was fine. a nice touch. Yeah, that was a nice touch to kind of make it, you know, a, a, add another layer to it, you know, get yeah. Cameron involved. See, and I, I, we said in the production meeting, or I said in the production meeting that they had a lot of missed opportunities with this, uh-huh. where as soon as Cameron came out and Sonya was still waiting, I'm like, all right, you know Naomi's got to be coming out next because it makes perfect sense. So she comes out, but before she could even make her way to the ring. Sonya's already eliminated Cameron, so yeah. you could have easily had it. I literally said when Cameron came out, I'm like, okay, Naomi's got to be next, so I can't wait to see this like interaction, and we didn't get it. We literally just got Naomi checking on her for two seconds before going into the ring, so that was a little disappointing. <laughs> it was, I was kind of expecting a little better. Um, <laughs> I've also noticed, too, Charlotte really likes coming out at number 17, doesn't she? Because I feel like she was a 17 before. Is it a thing? I don't know. Maybe she she has a lot of pull, so you never know. She might have that 
in the back pocket where she says when she can come out. And- right, like I, and then you okay, and then you had Ivory, but not just Ivory. You had right to censor Ivory, which um, this was my problem. It was funny. <laughs> and as soon as she started walking to the ring, I'm like, I know who she's going after because of all people, it would be Rhea Ripley because come on, she, she fits the bill of somebody that right to censor Ivory would not be uh, too thrilled with. But that's the thing that's very frustrating where you have these surprises and then they literally are like 20 seconds. If yeah. That. Like she was in the ring and then Rhea laughed at her and then threw her out of the ring and that was it. So that was kind of um, disappointing. Um, and then you had Naomi get eliminated by Sonya, so you know that's still going to go on. Because I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> you knew they weren't going to leave this alone. They were going to keep going. I thought they. I thought it would finally be over after Naomi got the win on SmackDown. I was like, all right, finally this is over. We're never going to know why this beef happened in the first place, but it happened, so... But it's a I shame, guess though, because I expected this to end. I well, at this point now, you have to expect this to end at a pay per view because you, why waste it on another SmackDown? But I digress. Um, I'm just looking through again. Brie Bell, I really didn't care. Mickey James, we had our answer. We le- yelled about this last night. We yes. had been wondering for weeks if she was bringing the Impact Knockouts title, and guess what? She did. Not only that, but she brought hardcore. Yeah, I was gonna say hardcore country too. So that was pretty cool. It was great. Um, I love that. It's cool. Like that's probably if you think about it, that was like the one cool moment. Like you know, okay, yeah, they don't want to acknowledge the forbidden door, but they 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 put their foot in the forbidden door, so they're in. Yeah, which I didn't really understand because they never, and I had noticed this because someone had this on Twitter, where Impact was advertising the hell out of this match and the fact that Mickey was in it, and WWE didn't even bother to retweet any of it. (laughs) Yeah. That was not not a good sign. I was like, great, she's going to come out and literally not going to have the title. And then she came out with the title. I'm like, oh, shit. They actually let her do that. That, I I feel like Scott Demore actually, that was part of the deal, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Had Definitely to had to have been part of the deal. Um, Scott Demore is usually is most mostly well liked person throughout the wrestling world, so um, I'm glad that they were able to make that happen and and put the belt on TV because not only does does Mickey James deserve it, but Impact in a way deserves it too because a lot yeah. of the women that come through Impact, um, sometimes they end up they they end up leaving and then going to WWE or something like that, but. Uh, Impact really fosters a great women's division, so I'm glad that they were able to get the spotlight shown on them. No, absolutely. Um, and so, as we're getting down into like the last ten spots, I um, I always play this game with the Rumble. Um, that my lucky number is 21. So, uh-huh. I I don't know if I would say my picks always number 21, but I just always like it's always kind of like a special like, oh, who's number 21? Just for me, it's like a personal thing. Uh-huh. And I feel like so far the only the it's usually very like the only memorable number twenty one I can remember for me was Edge coming back. He was twenty one a few years ago, so I'm like, okay, that was that was probably you can't top that. And like, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, fine. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. See, see, guys, this happens on air sometimes. Yeah, you can't I can't. You can't help it. It's an involuntary maneuver. Exactly, it just happens. So, um, so yeah, I'm like, all right, we'll see if something ever tops like edge's return being as number 21 for me 
And then we get Alicia Fox. <laughs> but I don't get why. It's always the women's 21 is never as good as, like, the men's 21. Because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the men's 21 was, like, McIntyre, I think, this year. So yeah. that was uh, a bummer. Um, then you had Nikki A.S.H. coming out. And I knew exactly what I was wanting to see. I mm. wanted to see Rhea just absolutely demolish her. Uh, got a little nervous because I thought she was going to eliminate Rhea. And I would have been monumentally pissed off at that point. Um, uh-huh. But... Um, <laughs> I'm just looking through. Yeah, Summer Rae come back, whatever. Nikki Bella, I literally <laughs> could care less. Um, okay, Sarah Logan coming back, I did not expect. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, I didn't expect her to come back. I I didn't. She didn't. I don't know if she's done with WWE. I know she left mm-hmm. because she she became a mother, which is cool. Well, and she so got I, cut too. So was oh she did get cut. Yeah. They, okay. Yeah, okay, because so. I was kind of wondering if, if she ended up leaving WWE on bad terms or not, but obviously not if they were able to use her in the Rumble. Yeah. I was just kind of disappointed we didn't get any sort of uh, camaraderie between her and um, Liv Morgan. Yeah. Like, they had they had the glance like it was going to happen, like they were going to hug and whatever and whatnot, and then Charlotte ended up tearing that down, and I was, I was like, oh, well, there goes the fun in that. Exactly, and I feel like that was especially in the women's rumble there were like i said a lot of opportunities for some like cool moments that they just refused to do or missed out on Uh, just for the sake of like heat because the bellas eliminating sarah and Liv were um i was pissed which i guess was probably the point but still it's like just let them have the moment their their moment backstage like they had the backstage um interview thing on their twitter that was uh-huh. more meaningful than anything in the Rumble, so that was kind of that kind of sucked. Um, I hated that. Yeah, okay. You had Lita, you had Molly Holly coming in, which I guess was like a fine whatever, and then Nikki was just being Nikki, and then you had Ronda coming back, and I'm like, all right. There was literally two spots left. I knew who the one was. It uh-huh. was guaranteed it was going to be Shayna. I I feel bad because. I feel like I had said it once or twice on the show leading up to this that I wanted to see Paige come back so bad. Mm-hmm. And so when 29 was getting, when it was counting down to 29, I'm like, all right, it's either going to be Paige or Shayna. It has to be Paige or Shayna because who else would it be? And then Shotzi came out and I felt terrible. That <laughs> I thought she was even in the Rumble. So oh, that made me a little sad because I knew Shayna was the only one left, but I'm wait, like, oh shit, Shayna's 30 again is there a chance? And with Rhonda in the rumble, I'm like, okay, I need to see these two just absolutely demolish this entire field. And did we get that? No, no, we didn't. (laughs) We didn't. And I just, I don't get it. I don't get it because first off, they completely missed the opportunity for Rhea to eliminate Nikki A.S.H. That didn't happen. And then so you have Rhea wasn't even in the final four this year, even though she was in the final two last year. You get down to the final four, which was it was Shayna, Rhonda, Bianca, and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Which fine, whatever. I feel like a lot of people, you and I included, would have absolutely loved to see Shayna and Rhonda in the finals. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Like why not? Seriously, why not? Because because no. they didn't they didn't even capitalize it during Ronda's first run. 
No, like you had ugh. clearly you only have half of the four horsewomen in MMA now because Jasmine and Marina are gone. I think Marina's with the uh, AEW now, and I think yeah. Jasmine's just doing like gaming stuff, which is uh. like I'm perfectly okay with that. I watch her stuff all the time, but you literally had a two to three second interaction with those two in the ring. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. You could have easily had them just completely destroy that entire field and have it down between Shayna and Rhonda. And now we have to have Charlotte again. And we did we did the little stat hunting before we came on here. Charlotte has been the final in the final two spots in the R- women's rumble three out of the five times. She yeah. was in it the second rumble because that's when I'm pretty sure she won it. Uh-huh. Meeting Shayna again, which <laughs> now I back now. Okay, hold on, I gotta go pull this up again. All right, so obviously Oscar and Nikki were the last two in the first women's rumble, and then in the second rumble in Phoenix, it was Charlotte and Becky because Becky beat her. I remember that one. And then the following year, Charlotte won it because Shayna was the final two with her, and I feel like many people um, argue that she should have won. I mean, Shayna should have won that one. I think a lot of people would agree. That yeah, because that was when she—that's when she debuted on the main roster and went on that tear. Yeah, uh, against Becky Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, she was entrant thirty too. So that's twice now that Shane has been the thirtieth entrant, and I'm kind of surprised they didn't let her go on another tear. I mean, I think she still has the record for most eliminations. I'm pretty sure in a single rumble with eight. I don't know, but I, obviously not overall eliminations. I think um, I don't remember who has that, but. I think she still owns the most like single eliminations in a rumble with eight. Uh-huh. Why? Why? I <laughs> was I happy that Rhonda won? I uh, wouldn't say. <sighs> I wouldn't say I was upset about it, but I wasn't happy. I guess it was just kind of like, all right, because I would have preferred it to be Shayna, obviously, because I feel like she needed it way more. Um, happy it wasn't Charlotte, I guess, because I feel like it wouldn't have surprised me. Uh, and as much as I like Bianca, I was glad it wasn't Bianca either, because I feel like we'll say this again when it gets to the men's rumble. I just personally feel like when it comes to the Royal Rumble, that is like the opportunity to, um, establish a new star. Oh, uh, yeah. Or have like a star making moment for somebody. And yeah, like... Especially the last, well, it's kind of tough because it's always been like there's been one where, yeah, it's a star-making moment, but then the other, it's like, okay, do they really need to win it? Like, last year. Mm-hmm. Did Edge really need a star-making moment? Probably not. But Bianca, absolutely. Yeah. This year, ooh, it was just, uh, it was tough. I mean... I honestly expected it to either be Bianca or Liv, but I would have preferred Liv because at least that would have been like her big star-making moment. Right. Bianca has had plenty of those already. Mm. So when she got eliminated, I'm like, okay. But at that point, we knew who was going to win. Like, I feel like after a while, you get down to the nitty-gritty of the Rumble, and once a so-called favorite gets eliminated, you kind of could already tell who's going to win it. As soon as Bianca was out, I'm like, all right. We we know it's gonna be it's gonna be Rhonda, but I guess at least um, 
I guess at least we're going to see something new with Becky because let's be honest, she's not going to challenge Charlotte. Yeah. I was that Becky. that was going to be my next question. Who do you think Ronda Rousey is going to challenge? It's got to uh, be Becky. At rest- <laughs> yeah, cuz they have some history with each other. Yeah, and we uh, sadly it's a few years way too late, but at least we're going to finally get that one-on-one match we never got uh-huh. because we should have got it at if I remember correctly WrestleMania 35. And then Charlotte had to get inserted <laughs> into the match. So, granted, we're we're a little late on the delivery, but we're going to finally get that match. It's just a matter of are people going to care as much, which I'm not entirely sure. But it was just, uh, I know obviously we'll get to the flame emojis in a second, but the match is just, <sighs> I wouldn't say this was the best women's rumble because it wasn't. It was, it was not. Uh-huh. A lot of missed opportunities. Some of the entrants were honestly wasted, in my opinion. Um, it was kind of a shame we didn't see Asuka. We didn't see Yoshirai. We didn't see Bailey. Didn't see Dakota Kai, which blew my mind. Um, hell, I even saw, I don't know if you saw on her Twitter, um, right after the Rumble, she tweeted something along the lines of, I just want an opportunity. I want to make y'all proud of me, which first off, as a Dakota fan, I'm always proud of Dakota. So it's like that. It's just a, a shame that she feels that way that she has to say that. Right. And it is. A, it's just like objectively, she is one of the best strikers WWE has. Technically, in the ring, she's great. Like she's not had a bad match ever. So mm. it's sad that she has now been reduced to that mindset of just give me an opportunity. I just want to make the friend the feel. Uh, I can only imagine how she feels. To have that, to be in that mindset of, I just feel like I'm not making my fans proud, was really suck. I would hate to be in that position. Right. So, it's a shame. Not surprised, because it's WWE. We had no NXT people at all. Yeah, I was just going to say, there was no NXT entrance at all during this rumble, which is kind of surprising. The You know, because like, I've been saying for God knows how long, uh, how thin... The women's roster really is so that was my one big worry coming into this match was like are they gonna have enough spots to fill up the women i mean for yeah. god's sake they had to go to another company to get one person yeah. uh you know so that was my one big worry um but yeah it's just kind of like you you're surprised that like like you said earlier it wasn't given to somebody that could have been a star making moment rather than let's go with ronda rousey which i mean i'm not mad because then we get the potential ronda rousey becky lynch uh wrestlemania match barring that charlotte flair doesn't get involved or anything like that um but other than that yeah it was just kind of like disappointing how they use some of these women yeah it was um i feel like that's just wwe in a nutshell where sometimes the obvious eludes them and they could have just done a better job in hindsight but Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we got what we got. Um, I wouldn't say it was the worst women's rumble. I feel like it's kind of tough to say, like, oh, this rumble match was, like, the worst because it's very hard to judge that. Um, But it also wasn't just terrible. It wasn't flat-out terrible, but it also wasn't, like, my favorite rumble. Right, right, yeah. It was was fine. Um, Like I said, I guess at least it was... The winner didn't upset me as much as it did some people because I know some people were very unhappy about it. But it, with what we had left, would we rather have had Charlotte win it again? No, absolutely yeah. not. Um, right. 
again, would have rather had Shayna, but maybe the fact that she stood up to Charlotte on SmackDown before the Rumble means that she's going to go after the title, which no. Ooh. I I hope so. Do I have any hope that she's going to actually beat Charlotte? Probably not, because it's Charlotte. We can't right. really help ourselves. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was fine. It was, yeah. it was better. Better than... We'll just at least leave the teaser. Better than the men's Rumble, because the men's Rumble was... Uh, <sighs> trash. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second, but I just want to read off the polls for this uh, match because it did get a lot of votes. It got 80 votes. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of people were tuned into this match. It broke down this way. 39% gave it four flame emojis. 16% gave it three flames. 18% gave it two. And 27% gave it one. Mm -hmm. So it was either you liked the rumble or you were pissed off that Ronda Rousey won it. Yeah, I think that, that sounds about right. Yeah, and then uh, we had some input from our friends on Twitter. Uh, our friend Mike Simpson said, Nice surprises. Happy Mickey got the graphic and title out to the ring. Rondi- Ronda Rousey's pop was wild. And oh, yeah. Al- yeah, and also Gary Renhardt on Twitter said, Good match, but pre- but ending was too predictable. Yes. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I would <laughs> say that that's true. Um, I feel like... The Royal Rumble winners being predictable was the theme this this uh, this time around, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's Championship against basically, I guess you could still consider her a newcomer, Dewdrop. Yeah. Uh, this match for me felt like it kind of got the death spot. Like everybody was so hyped about the Rumble, and then next thing you know, after the Rumble was over then this match comes along and it's kind of like people are still, you know, because either way, if the rumble's good or bad, it still kind of plays on your emotions because every, yeah. every two minutes or so you're wondering who's going to come out. So that kind of, that kind of can exasperate you when, when it's all said and done, you're like, Oh, I need a break or something like that. I just need to sit. I, I can't stand or cheer, yep. uh, you know, cause I've been doing so for about an hour. So I felt like this match kind of got a bad spot on the card. Yeah, it, um, well, and I think what I said, uh, what I've been saying in the last few weeks kind of played out right in front of this match because the match itself was not bad. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad. It was pretty decent. Yeah. But I think the pro. Well, first off, I think the pro. I think the WrestleMania sign caught fire during this. I think. Yeah, something was crazy going on with the WrestleMania sign. Yeah, like I think it said twice the rump. It like caught fire or something. Which Jesus, you know what? that's a, <laughs> that's a fun omen, I guess. But um, <laughs> I guess good on everybody in the ring, not really acting distracted because the crowd was for a little bit. Um. I- I didn't even notice, to be honest, because... Uh, me either. I didn't very, pay attention. It was very hard for me to pay attention, because I think I was just so mad that Shayna got screwed over yet again. <laughs> so I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. But, but that's what that's what I mean about the Royal Rumble, is that it kind of... It's one of those matches that kind of exasperates your emotions. By the end of it, you're like, I just need a break. <laughs> yeah, you know? and it's just... Um, like you said, it was just kind of... It, the crowd was just like exhausted because it was that right after the rumble. So they didn't have as many reactions as they could have, I guess. Right. But I think the problem also was to, it was a perfect storm of just everybody was exhausted after the women's rumble. And the fact that WWE did not make us care about this match at all. 
or at least didn't do a good job of making us care about this match at all. Because I had said this for the last few weeks that this was literally just the stepping stone title match for whoever Becky was facing next, because there was no way Dewdrop was going to win this match. Absolutely mm-hmm. none. It would have been a shock if she did, which I mean, Hey, I mean, God, God forbid they actually shock us once in a while in a good way, but she was never going to win this match. So mm-hmm. it was literally just a stepping. She was the stepping stone opponent for whoever Becky was going to face next, which obviously we all know who she's going to face next. It's going to be Rhonda. Um, mm-hmm. I halfway was expecting Rhonda to just show up after the match and challenge her right then and there, but she'll challenge her tomorrow because why wouldn't she? <laughs> but it wasn't bad. I mean, the manhandle slam from the middle rope was pretty cool. Yeah. It was like, it was just, it was good. It was just, an, again, a mix of people were exhausted after the rumble and the fact that this wasn't the must-see matchup that people really cared enough to see. So it was just a perfect mix of, uh, exhaustion and apathy i felt like this would have been a great main event for raw yeah oh yeah rather than on a it it didn't feel like a pay-per-view match like you said they they really didn't do a lot to kind of make this a big deal i mean they had to make it seem like a big deal because it was becky lynch so they had to do something so they they kept alluding to that uh backstage interview that the two ladies had that ended up breaking down into a brawl but really that that's all they had really to go on this match and kind of promote it into a big deal uh but like you said i'm just glad there weren't any sort of missteps it didn't look clunky at all it didn't look like one was outshining the other uh they had a pretty good back and forth match um but it just it it didn't have that pay-per-view feel for me no it it didn't for me either like you said it would have been way better suited to be like a main event for a raw or something because it just wasn't they just hadn't built Dewdrop up to that point for anybody to care about her as a legitimate title contender right yeah so. yeah that was the main thing is that they didn't really build up Dewdrop to kind of be a formidable force against becky lynch yeah exactly so it was just uh yeah yeah so i'm pulling up the poll right now the uh the flame emoji polls and this one got a lot of votes as well so it broke down this way four flames gave it 18 percent three flames gave it 21 percent two flames for 26 and 35 percent for one flame emoji so you guys did not enjoy this match i'd say it was more like a two and a half yeah like i said it's kind of one of those that they do it would have been better suited as as a main event on Raw yeah. to kind of you know like like a, Becky is a good worker, Dewdrop's a good worker. Uh, the match was definitely you know it wasn't anything to dunk on or anything like that. It wasn't no. bad at all. It was just standard, you know. Yeah, it was it was there. It was functional. It was it was there. Another match that you would describe as functional, probably on your end. Uh, was Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. And I will say, the one thing that surprised me most is this match didn't end up a lot like Brock Lesnar matches where he just completely uh, overpowers and dominates his opponent. He kind of had someone on his level that he couldn't really manhandle and kind of do what he usually does, although he did get a lot of suplex off, but so did Bobby Lashley, which kind of caught Brock Lesnar by surprise. Yeah, I also thought, <laughs> I don't know why, it's just this, this kind of stuff makes me laugh. I thought it was very ironic that right after the WrestleMania sign caught fire, the promo had to do with, like, 
fire and metal forging and stuff. <laughs> so I thought that was a cool twist of fate. But um, yeah, I like you said, we're so used to, okay, well, the opponent might get a few shots in, but then he just completely demolishes them. But it's like, what happens when you actually have somebody who's on his level? Yeah. That's like Roman Reigns, too. But speaking mm. of that ending, I was not expecting that at all. I was Me not expecting Heyman to turn back to Roman Reigns. Like Me either. I did wow. not expect that at all. Um, but for me, it's kind of like I wouldn't have broke them up in the first place. No, because I was like, that's what made it good was the whole like bloodline special counsel kind of stuff. That's what made it interesting. And yeah, to literally have him turn his back on Lesnar of all people to go back to Roman Reigns was wild like like i said i totally caught me off guard in a good way i wasn't expecting that at all that's what as we know i don't really give a shit about lesnar with anything that he does so for me to actually care about that ending you know good for them i props for them (laughs) Um, because it was yeah i was just definitely not uh surprised or that at first i was surprised at first but then the more i thought about it we all kind of knew lesnar was going back after Reigns, and I just didn't see him having the title. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought Les- or Lashley was going to win, but I didn't expect them to do it in that way. And, I mean, for that, I was su- I was definitely surprised. But, yeah. De- uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely surprised. Interested that they had – it kind of makes me feel like when they broke Heyman off of, uh, off of he- uh, Roman Reigns, that this kind of was like, okay, maybe we made a mistake. Like maybe, yeah. maybe Roman and Heyman two together were just too good that it didn't make sense. Or maybe this was like a long con, you know. Maybe yeah. this was part of the plan and all together in the first place because Heyman really looked so nonchalant when yeah, when Roman just... when Roman asked for the belt. It just kind of was like business as usual, you know, the way it was yeah, between it the tribal. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like he had to, it wasn't like that hesitation. It wasn't like, oh, do I actually do this or not? It wasn't like, oh, I have to make this choice in the moment. He kind of knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There was no remorse in what he was doing. Um, Yeah, so it was kind of like, it felt like maybe this was like the long con, like this was supposed to happen. And this is the only way to make a WrestleMania match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns interesting. Um but you don't want to kind of beat the horse of having Heyman go flip-flopping back and forth. Yeah, and we wondered how we were going to get the Lesnar and Reigns match at WrestleMania, and unfortunately we got our um, got our answer later in the show, but um, I will rant about that later. But no, the match <laughs> with Lashley wasn't bad. It was just kind of what you expected it to be between two big, powerful guys. Very surprising ending, which is why I think I didn't hate this match le- uh, anymore i guess was because <laughs> was because of the ending it was just surprising i it was a genuine shock so yeah i'd say it was a good like uh, i'd say about three i'd say three flames well for you to to be you know to to have something positive to say about a brock lesnar angle is 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 four flames enough so yeah. we would <laughs> we would just go with that but as far as this match um the way it broke down it, it was kind of either you liked it or you didn't like it because 47 percent came in at four flame emojis but also 32 percent came in at one flame 
So it was kind of like I said, either you liked it or you didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, so far, according to the votes, it looks like four flame emojis with 47% uh, is the is the answer what the fans thought the match was going to be. All right. So next up, we had the Grit Couple versus the It Couple. Beth Phoenix and Edge taking on The Miz and Maurice. And for me, I kind of, to be honest with you, I wasn't really fully invested in this match. Yeah. It was kind of one of those matches where I was just checking my phone a lot, just trying to, trying to get the consensus of other wrestling fans to see what they thought about Paul Heyman turning on Brock Lesnar. And... That kind of it was kind of weird. Like I, I read a review that said maybe this match shouldn't have gone on before Brock and Bobby Lashley, um, and it probably would have done a lot better because I just I there there wasn't anything that I can pinpoint to the match to say oh I remember this spot or anything like yeah. that other than the other than the ending, you know. Yeah, and I think the problem is too is that kind of like the Becky and Dewdrop match. This didn't really feel like a pay per view match. Uh huh. It could have easily just been on Raw or SmackDown, and it would have been fine. It would have been functional, but it was just weird. I mean, I, I'm i not entirely sure what it is, but for some reason, every so often, they do just love having a mixed tag match with Miz and Maurice. I don't know. Is it in their contract, maybe? I'm not <laughs> sure, but um, yeah. I mean, it was good to see Beth Phoenix back. She looked great. Yeah. But and, uh, great, great, uh, great tribute to Luna Vachon as yes, well. Yes. The, the veins on the eyes. I love that. It was oh, yeah. just... Yeah, I, not only was it just placed weird in the show, it just wasn't, <sighs> kind of like what you said, I was kind of just checking my phone occasionally watching it, I really wasn't paying attention, because I just didn't have any interest, which is kind of sad, but it just didn't feel like a pay-per-view match, like, I don't know, even the Elimination Chamber, it could have, kind of still would have been like, eh, just put it on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, it just it, I don't like it, it was a weird spot on the on the card. Um I don't know who put to, who puts together the cards, but I why would they <laughs> Well, if that's the case, I wonder what he thought like why did he think that this would be a good spot for the for the match, but uh, you know, well the grit couple gets it done, they hit two uh simultaneous glam slams uh to get the win and beat uh, Miz and Maurice. Maurice had a couple interesting spots. Like in the beginning, she looked like she looked like she had been out of the ring for quite some time, and then out of nowhere, she hits a jumping hurricane run on Edge. And you're like, "Well, what the hell is going on?" Yep. <laughs> but other than that, uh, this is how the voting for this match broke down: twenty-five percent gave it four flames, forty percent gave it three flames, fifteen percent gave it two, and twenty percent gave it one. So that three flame emoji range is what you guys thought. Uh, yeah. for Miz and Maurice versus Beth Phoenix and Edge. Yeah, I'd agree. I would definitely agree. It was okay. All right, so that brings us to the men's Royal Rumble. And uh, this one was interesting because there really wasn't any big surprises. There was like... Two. I'm, I'm looking through it again. Uh, two, yeah. Literally one after the other. One after the other, and that was my next point. The two... I guess the two biggest surprises being Bad Bunny and Shane McMahon came in at 27 and 28 respectively. Yeah. Um, but those were really the only surprises of the Men's Royal Rumble match, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah, it was, again, very just odd. Um, like, for example, Omos, he didn't last as long as I thought he would. 
No, it ended up taking the whole field because I usually, when I'm taking notes for the Rumble, I make a notation of who eliminated who. And then when it came to Omas, I just put everybody everybody eliminated Omas. Everyone. Um, Yeah, it was just uh, not... Well, and I think what didn't help, too, was the fact that Kofi kind of fucked up that uh yeah yeah because i'm looking and i'm like how the hell is he gonna stop himself from hitting the ground and he, yeah. he hit the ground so i think we all know what was supposed to happen and it totally didn't and yeah that's the that's the risky run i think he i think he hit the guardrail harder than he thought he was gonna hit it because yeah. afterwards he kind of was like struggling to get up because when he 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 got pushed off the top rope and I guess the plan was for him to land on the barricade, but land where his feet don't touch the ground and he yeah. can do like a tightrope walk back into the ring. Yep. But he leapt off the top rope with such force that when he hit the when he hit the barricade, like, you know, he, he had to stop himself. So unfortunately, yeah. he ended up eliminating himself. So we didn't get anything on the Kofi Kingston highlight reel uh, for surprises. And like I said, other than that, like... That was like the omen for the entire match in general, honestly. I, I mean, Madcap Moss eliminating AJ Styles, who had an incredible showing, who came in at number yeah. one. Yeah. Madcap Moss? That really? And, that and I'm not entirely sure why, but the cameras were missing some eliminations. Yeah, they were. Because I'm trying to remember who it was. It was, I think... I'm looking back at this now. Um... I think it was when Shane McMahon came out. Mysterio and Ziggler, maybe, I think were getting eliminated. Oh, and... Otis. It was Otis. I remember yeah. that spot. Yeah, and it's like, um, guys, why are you... I don't know. And it just got... The pacing felt weird to me because it felt like it was going a lot quicker than the women's match. You could tell that they were rushing for time because they kept... It would always be like... They always say, oh, every 90 seconds somebody shows up, but... It never really seemed like that with the women. It always seemed like it was like picking and choosing when it was actually going to follow that rule. <sighs> the men's rumble, it seemed like you blinked and every time somebody was coming in. It was just, it was weird. It's um, so funny. We make the same observations. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny that we make the same observations because I thought the same thing. For me, it makes sense that they were pressed for time. So they switched it from two minutes to 90 seconds for the men. Yeah, and the, and that was the weird thing because it was supposed to be ninety seconds for the women too, and it was like two minutes. Yeah, I don't whatever. But I, <sighs> when the field was getting smaller and we were getting to number thirty, I knew what was about to happen, and um, it didn't make me excited. Remember when you said, "Yeah, do you have something positive to say about Lesnar?" That's kind of surprising. <laughs> all of that literally went away two oh later. no oh no because everybody with a brain knew as soon as he lost the belt we knew he was showing up in the rumble we knew he was going to be number 30 and of course mm. we knew he was going to win it why <laughs> why you literally you mean to tell me the guy that makes his own rules and doesn't follow whatever WWE puts in front of him, rules, regulations, whatever. You mean to tell me he couldn't have just walked up to Reigns on Friday and been like, yeah, I want a match. No, we had to go into the Rumble. We had to take the spot. Mm -hmm. And he had to win. Like, I... They could have easily just had Lesnar just do his usual because they've done it how many times before where... It was, oh, well, 
just barge right in and destroy everything and I demand my shot because you screwed me over, whatever. But no. We had to have him go through the rumble. We had to have him win yet again. As soon as Big E got eliminated, that's a, that's I knew a good it was point that you lesser. bring up. It had to be because there's nobody else on. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's a, that that's a pretty good point that you bring up. That instead of being mad that he got screwed out of uh, out of the Universal Championship, he's just like, oh, I'll just go uh, enter the Royal Rumble and win it that way. Why should you? do extra work after getting screwed. You should be pissed off that you got screwed. Yeah, like, I... Uh, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because the failsafe is always Lesnar when he's around. Yeah. And now I just have a terrible feeling that he's going to beat Roman at WrestleMania because we, they can't help themselves. I just... That just completely deflated that entire pay-per-view for me. Like... That was where mm. what I said earlier, where the good spots of this pay-per-view were just completely drowned out by the bad, and that was it. That was really the bad thing that just kind of, like, destroyed everything for me, because <sighs> how many times have we seen where the opening match of a pay-per-view is so good, and we're like, oh, okay, we're finally, maybe this is finally going to be, like, a really good show, mm-hmm. and then it just tanks. It just completely tanks. <laughs> and I... <sighs> Easily, without a doubt, it was not my favorite Rumble. Like, it was not. No, nah, yeah. There was I no surprises. Them. No, like, and even the ones that were there were just not... <sighs> I mean, Bad Bunny was cool. I mean, he was actually doing stuff, so that was fine. Yeah. Shane McMahon, I could give a shit less about. Um, <laughs> right to Censor Ivory was fine, I guess. It was funny to see Rhea, of all people, Eliminator. But again, you could have used that on somebody else. Melina was really cool to see as number two, and you barely had her in there for more than a minute. Like, why? And yeah. Lesnar wasn't even a surprise. If anyone tries to tell you Lesnar was a surprise, please. <laughs> not gonna happen. It nah, because as soon as I, as soon as his music hit, I looked at my brother. I said, I knew that was gonna happen. I yeah, knew. I knew so it was gonna happen. It's just, it's like stop being predictable. <clears throat> stop being so damn predictable. Like I. I don't... <sighs> Well, I was gonna say, like, we, we I wanna leave this up to the to the listeners of the show. Do they think that Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble uh hurt the show like we think it did? Or do you think it elevated the show? Because there's some people out there that that could easily love Brock Lesnar enough to say, Hey, you know, that's my guy. I felt like it elevated the show, which is fine. You know, if you're a Brock Lesnar fan, we're not gonna, you know, m- you know, get on your case for being a Brock Lesnar fan. We just don't see the reasoning for him to have so much clout, I guess you could say. Yeah, and it's not even... I've said it time and again, the thing that just annoys me is just the fact that it's the same stuff every Mm -hmm. single time. I love how everybody, when Goldberg comes back, rips him to shreds because, oh great, he's going to come back and he's going to spear Jackhammer and oh, you're next and we're just going to keep doing this and he's going to win a title over and over and over again. But they do the they don't do the same thing with Lesnar when it's literally the same thing. Yeah. It's, it is it's... literally the same thing. I could get like, I don't know, like canceled on wrestling Twitter for that or whatever. But <laughs> Lesnar literally the, the way they book Lesnar is literally the same way they book Goldberg. And it's not even a joke. <laughs> it's it's the truth. It's literally the same thing, except Lesnar, I guess people love when he just goes 
batshit crazy and just destroys everybody and then like has to get fined or oh i don't know indefinitely suspended as if we haven't seen that 50 times already it's just it's the same shit and ww just loves their fail safes yeah. that's their fail safe with the men just like charlotte is with the women if they don't if they don't feel comfortable doing something with someone new we're just gonna go back to old reliable and it's always lesnar and it's always charlotte flair and it's old it is so old you know what's funny is that i asked if brock lesnar you know helped or hurt the pay-per-view and, and you know thinking about it that's why we have the flame emoji polls yeah. and the fame emoji polls is very interesting. This one got a lot of votes in, uh, but this is how it broke down. 13% gave it four flame emojis. Only 5% gave it three. 24% gave it two. And coming in at one flame emoji, 58% of the votes yeah. that came in. So definitely people were not feeling Brock Lesnar uh, entering this match. Our good friend Mike Simpson on Twitter said, I didn't know Brock would have to use the Rumble to get his rematch. Okay. Curious to see who challenges Lashley on the Raw side. Which is, again, that brings up my point. It, it, instead of being pissed off that you got screwed over by your advocate, and like you said, just going straight after Roman Reigns, causing destruction, and maybe setting up something for the Elimination Chamber event in, in Saudi Arabia, you know, yeah. he's just like, oh, I'll just go in and win the Royal Rumble. Well, okay. You know, it almost looked like he was happy to do it. Yeah, like, I, it just made no sense to me, because this should have felt, like, such an important show, because it's the Royal Rumble, it is literally the second biggest show of the year. Mm hmm yeah. And it didn't, and I just, yet again, it's just the missed opportunities, and people getting left in the dust like i think the biggest example with the women's rumble mm. you could have easily had someone like Liv morgan rhea ripley Shayna baszler you could have easily had them win this i mean come on yeah. i <sighs> i think i think wwe has to realize they have to they're having trouble cultivating new stars because they, they rely too much on their old stars. Yeah, they... You know, that... constantly falling back to Charlotte Flair, Becky mm -hmm. Lynch, probably Sasha Banks at some point, Bailey when she comes back, clearly Ronda Rousey. You literally have plenty of capable... Well, I mean, not, maybe not plenty because the roster's a little small at the moment, but you still have people. Like, I... <sighs> I guess it's, it's just, even just out of, taking my personal bias out of this, uh -huh. just looking at, the, again, the women's rumble, Bianca was the Iron Woman of the match again. Mm -hmm. Baszler was number 30 for the second time. That is such an important part of the rumble. That it, Number 30 is one of the bigger, like, literally is the most important spot in the rumble because nobody is fresher than number 30. Yeah. And desperately needs something new. And you yeah. could have easily had her win it. Rhea Ripley needs it too because, oh my god, didn't even get a chance to eliminate Charlotte. Didn't even get a chance to get revenge on her for taking her title. Nothing. Like, you... It was just... The younger stars could have had so much more time to shine, and they didn't. Right. I guess you can't really say... Okay, some of them younger. Um, others that aren't, like, 
the four the, horsemen women yeah uh, others that are not in the main event picture as often as they are and let's just think about this for a minute here we know that the that for the raw side it's going to be becky and ronda but just uh-huh. think about this is it really that far out of the realm of possibility that we're going to get charlotte flair and lita for the smackdown women's title at, at wrestlemania no but i mean i would i be mad at that not really i mean I that's mean, yeah. definitely something you want to see but again it, it it takes away from what you were saying that we need to cultivate new stars that's the problem it's like yeah getting to see lita one last hurrah fine whatever but we're still playing in to the problem with wwe of completely ignoring the people they have on the roster just for a nostalgia trip every yeah. other month i believe me i love lita Back in a time where it was very hard for me to pay attention to any of the women's wrestling because it's just I couldn't relate to any of it. Lita was the one person that I could, like, because Lita was the exception. She was, like, the page of her generation. I don't want to see her and Charlotte Flair. <laughs> I want to see Charlotte Flair and Shayna Baszler, Liv Morgan, somebody that is not... A Hall of Famer or a Nostalgia Act. Yeah, Nostalgia Act. I was just going to say. annoying because you literally have, again, like on SmackDown alone, you have Shayna Baszler and Naomi. You could easily have one of those two in the title match at WrestleMania 38, and it would be good. It would be really good. Even better if they won it. But we can't help ourselves. We have to keep it on Charlotte because, oh, well, see, nobody else has a momentum like Charlotte Flair does because you don't give the women a chance to do it. You handicap yourself, and then when the fans get mad, they'll be like, well, what do you want us to do? There aren't any stars. Because you, for some reason, refuse to make any. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, and it, it goes back to their their mode of operations, too, with how they recruit the new stars. You would you would expect them to, to go after uh, women who've been on the wrestling scene for a bit that maybe know how to get it done in the ring, but they really just go after these random athletes, you know, and now they're dipping into the college pool where they're going after random college athletes. And it's just kind of weird that, that they feel like they can't cultivate any wrestling stars from the wrestling scene. Yeah. And it's just, it's just frustrating because we've just seen it even on the men's side time and time again, there Uh are so many opportunities for them to have new stars that aren't like the usual same old, same old, and they Mm -hmm. just refuse to do it. Like first off, where was Cesaro and Finn Balor? Where were they? They weren't even in the rumble match. Yeah. Why? People love them. People are clearly behind them, which I just, it's just WWE refuses to do it because, and again, on the women's side, people are clearly behind Liv Morgan. People have always been behind Naomi and even for a heel, people are behind Shayna Baszler now, too. People mm-hmm. really are behind Shayna Baszler. And you just refuse to give any of these other women an opportunity because, well, everybody likes Sasha versus Charlotte. We can do that again for the 50th time. Or, oh, <laughs> we'll just go back to Becky and Ronda. Because, I mean, and that sucks, too. Because this match should have happened, like I said, years ago. Because everybody wanted to see Ronda versus Becky at wrestlemania but no we had to put charlotte in because you know old reliable you have to take chances at some point that's like Mm -hmm. the thing we that's why we can at least appreciate when AEW tries something new because yeah sometimes it doesn't work we definitely have our problems with AEW sometimes but at least they are willing to try something new 
A mm-hmm. or WWE just flat out refuses, and I don't understand why. They're they're scared. Any sort of any sort of thing where they could they, they potentially lose money, they look at it as a monetary thing. Yeah. Anything that can they could potentially lose money is something we can't do because we just can't. Losing money equals that nobody's really interested in anything blows, that we do which blows my mind is if they don't have any money to spare it's not like <laughs> you're this up-and-coming company that oh my god we have to save as much money as we can because if not we might go under you are right. a multi-billion dollar company who has made more money than god over the last <laughs> year but can't seem to keep your roster um loaded because oh you know budget cuts because we don't have any money but you've had the highest earnings you've ever had so what the what's the problem here i i don't know i i don't know it's uh it's it's a mixture of things and it, it just plays into the part that vince mcmahon has a, a brain that is just all over the place and especially at his yep. advanced age that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a good thing yeah no it's not and it just goes back to whatever he thinks is going to work is what's going to happen, whether the fans like it or not. And Mm -hmm. that's not how you're supposed to run something. You're supposed to actually listen to the people that pay money to watch your product, that pays money to buy your merchandise. You might need their input just a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I asked you guys what you thought of the Royal Rumble overall, all matches included, all the Royal Rumbles included. And this is how it broke down. And this is a very interesting poll. Um, no, no votes for four flames. No, absolutely no votes for four, four flames. Nope. Uh, 32% gave it three flames. 29% gave it two flames and 39% gave it one flame emoji. So it looks like you guys weren't happy with this one. I say, um, I'm trying to remember what I, I think I voted two. That was just being nice, I guess, because of <laughs> some of the better moments, but overall it was just, uh, it was very disappointing, and as a avid Royal Rumble fan, it was very um, frustrating to not be somewhat satisfied, but uh, they really didn't give me a reason to be. Yeah. Uh, Gary Renard on Twitter said, it would have been a solid three stars if it hadn't been so predictable. Mm-hmm. The Rumble is the perfect match for a swerve, yeah. and the two matches didn't have anything. Literally. Literally what we've been saying this entire yeah. time. So, yeah. yeah full, completely right. Yep, he got it on the head there. Um, yeah, and that just sucks because it's the Royal Rumble. We should be excited for it. Wouldn't it be something if the if the show in Saudi Arabia just blows everything out of the water and it was it's a great show from top to bottom? I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. The worst <laughs> part is the last show they had in Saudi Arabia wasn't bad, which is sad, but it's just the ill will the fans have with all that stuff in Saudi Arabia. It's a shame because no one cares. Yeah, it was a good show. That was the worst part, from what I heard. We just didn't watch it for out of principle really but <laughs> yeah i ugh. oh wwe well that is our recap of the royal rumble from last night uh like we said it was uh it wasn't a bad show it just wasn't what you would expect from a royal rumble pay-per-view yeah uh, you know now that i just think about it wouldn't it be really nice if, like, in the elimination... I feel like the elimination chamber for at least the SmackDown Women's Championship side, because obviously we already know what's going to happen with the Raw side, 
Mm-hmm. I feel like they might be setting up whoever her, Charlotte Challenger is in the rum or in the elimination chamber. Maybe uh-huh. I feel like that would make sense. Hopefully, mm-hmm. unless they just do a see, which I always hate. Where if it's an elimination chamber pay per view, you shouldn't really have a title match that's like not in the elimination chamber. But I could totally see them doing that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Wouldn't that be nice to see somebody new win the elimination chamber and? face charlotte at wrestlemania but i have a feeling that even if they do the elimination chamber it might be lita but i would just prefer kind of a repeat of elimination chamber from 2018 i think 1919 19. it's always interesting to see how the women are going to be used in the saudi arabia show because yeah, that's the worst we, part too i just yeah, yeah. It's the worst part because it shouldn't be something that should be in the back of your mind. But then again, it's Saudi Arabia who yeah. doesn't have a great track record of their women's rights and the way they treat their women citizens. So yeah. it's kind of like their perce- it's a Saudi Arabia shows is all about the perceptions of the fans there, what they think WWE yeah. should be. So WWE caters to that. Not yeah. saying that there's a problem, but that's just their M.O. You know, so it's kind of interesting to see, like, are they going to have a women's elimination chamber match? Uh, you know, how are the women going to pre- be perceived there? And how are they going to book the, the actual wrestling match? Because we all know that WWE kind of has a scripted way of doing their wrestling. So yeah. it's interesting to see how they're going to map this out if the elimination chamber, which is technically a quote unquote barbaric match in itself. So yeah. do they want to have a barbaric women's match in Saudi Arabia? Probably will that be, yeah will that be the reception for that will that be well received by the citizens of saudi arabia it's just yeah. uh, interesting it's, to see we got three weeks till we get there it's so dumb because it's just so um laughable how they'll always show those lovely oh saudi arabia is becoming so progressive like those videos and it's a load of shit. <laughs> you talk about how progressive your country is becoming, and yet every women's match in there had to has to have a full bodysuit on, and you can't see their tattoos or anything. God mm-hmm. forbid they're in the LGBTQIA plus community, and then that's even worse. So it's like, whatever. Progressive, my ass. <laughs> what what do I? What do we care? We're just, uh, we're just a, po- a small little podcast. What do we know? <laughs> but it's so funny. It progressed my ass. Yeah. It's why you think uh, so many people call those shows blood money. Yeah. 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 It's just blood money shows and it, it doesn't seem like they're stopping because I think the no. it was like a, something like a 10, 20, med, a 20 event contract for Saudi Arabia. So yeah, it so does. They don't care. They, they care don't, about yeah. the money. They care about money. That's what that's what matters yeah. to them. Literally they'll, all they want. But, they'll um, they'll cater to oppressive governments if if yeah. money's involved. Yeah, honestly, like, <laughs> can't say we're really not we're not surprised. Let's be honest. Yeah. But, um, but we yeah. get off our soapbox because I feel like we have some questions to answer, which is our favorite part of the show. Yes, actually, actually, something enjoyable now. I guess. Um, all right, so we have quite a few. Um, let's start with uh, Mike's uh questions i feel kind of bad because he sent us this question yesterday and Mm -hmm. um we might have to amend his question a little bit because he had asked um who we thought was going to win the rumbles um that was the first question so we can amend it to who did we let's try who did we want to win the rumbles uh at the looking back at the men's uh looking through the list of who was in it i would have probably put money 
on Kevin Owens. I wanted yeah. like somebody new, somebody different. Kevin Owens would probably be be my pick. I kinda... would honestly put Biggie too, considering what happened before, because yeah. I think he still deserves his rematch. That you know, I don't think he ever got. I don't think he's ever going to get that rematch. No, unless he challenges Lashley for the title, which I'd which, be okay with. But yeah. it never should have gotten to this point in the first place. That's true. That's a very good point. But but yeah, setting up Biggie in the uh, elimination chamber, maybe perhaps possibly i'd be okay so, with i mean i'd be okay with that that'd be cool i guess that'd be cool that'd be cool on on a on a on a social level too because let's say biggie wins the elimination chamber and then challenges bobby lashley you'll have two african-american men uh headlighting a wrestlemania pay-per-view which yeah. would be pretty cool for a world title that would you know? be re- yeah i'd be i would be perfectly okay with that i also would not be surprised if wwe doesn't do that because they can't help themselves but <laughs> yeah uh women absolutely Shayna baszler live war and those two should have one of those two should have won it i really i I, not only for you for your sake but i really want to see them elevate Shayna baszler and i know i don't say that often but uh, you know because i do i I take it up for the both of us but yeah 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 but the thing is like she would be the perfect quintessential heel to go up against women because she's so dominant i mean we saw her dominance in nxt which elevated the title and one of the more perfect reigns in NXT history. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, like I've said her NXT title reigns, cause obviously we had to put him both. First off, she was the first two time NXT women's champion. So, I mean, that's impressive of itself when you realize the people who had the title before her, uh-huh. so for her to win it, be the first one to win it twice was impressive in itself. But then she, I think her title reigns could easily have given Oscars a run for her money because I feel like if you think about who were the best NXT women's champions, I feel like the first two names you have to say are Shayna Baszler and Oscar, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, obviously Bailey and Sasha too, but if you look by just like sheer dominance and performance, it has to be Shayna and Oscar for mm-hmm. for sure. So just to see, I'm glad that they've at least let Shayna show some more range on the main roster so she's not just a robot killer basically where it's just Mm -hmm. no emotions whatever so i like that they've been able to show her emotions a little more but in the same token give her something to do (laughs) please like did you hear the reaction she they had on smackdown when she came out and interrupted charlotte and if it comes down to you and me again i'm not going to hesitate to snap you like a twig that crowd went nuts (laughs) Yeah. So they clearly want to see Shayna beat somebody over the head with their own limb. <laughs> and I've been waiting for this for a while, but yeah. Somebody yeah. knew. Just somebody knew. Please. I yeah. we're, we're begging you. Give us <laughs> and not just somebody knew. Somebody knew that actually beat Charlotte. Yeah. Like even if it's somebody new, it's a waste if they just get fed to Charlotte or somebody and nothing comes of it after. Just have somebody new beat Charlotte Flair or yeah. Becky. Somebody. I love Becky, but we need somebody new at this point. Maybe not Ronda Rousey, but clearly that's what we're getting, which is fine, whatever. But uh, God, we need somebody new. It, it's painful. But um, anyway, uh, Mike's other question was, what other wrestling podcast do we listen to, if any? Ours is his favorite, of course, which we appreciate, mm-hmm. Mike. But he listens to Grilling JR is his only other one. I I... Being that I have ADHD and I can't sit still 
mm-hmm. for more than than five minutes unless it's something that I have to do, like like podcasting and such like that. Yeah. Um, I can't sit and listen to other podcasts. I sometimes what I like to do is I like to find podcasts that have different opinions than mine which sounds kind of like oh of course he's gonna say that but like sometimes i like to listen to like cornet who is the complete opposite of me yeah you know i know a lot of people and i with great reason that they have that reaction because he definitely deserves that reaction but for me it's something like if i know something is good you know i know it's good either because he hated it or he thought it was really really good and yeah. it's always surprising to me when he thought something was really, really good because he's so out of touch with wrestling. Yes. So, like, yeah. so for me, that I always like to be surprised because I feel like a lot of podcasts, because <sighs> wrestling podcasts get such a bad rep, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, and, you could say that. And I'm the type of person, I'm like, if you're a wrestling fan, if you have the, the, the technology and the means to do it, if you feel like you want to start your own podcast, I'm going to be one of the ones to tell you, go ahead and do it. It's going to be tough yeah. because wrestling podcast is so oversaturated. Like everybody has one. Mm. But if you have one and if you feel like you have a, a, a voice that you want to present arguments and have debates and intelligent conversations with people, go ahead and do it. You yeah. know, go go ahead, set up your mic and set up a podcast, hit up Anchor FM. You can set up a podcast for free and you can actually make money off of, you know, doing it. Yeah. So, um, Grill and JR was always a good one. I started listening to Grill and JR when it, when it first started. Um, I don't know what happens with, uh, something to wrestle with now that Bruce Pritchard is with WWE. If they, if they still do episodes, but that was always a fun podcast to listen to. I like the historical stuff. Yeah. I I like listening to stories of like the territory days and how wrestling comes about because a lot of the, like the old school podcasts, they 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 tell stories and you realize that it's the beginnings of early wrestling psychology. Yeah. You know? So I like the science of wrestling psychology. So a lot of those older podcasts like Cornette's uh, drive through podcast. He tells a lot of stories and, you know, things like that. So I like stuff like that. What about you? Um, I I usually, when I do listen to podcasts, because, like, you, it's very hard for me to kind of sit still and focus for a little bit when it comes to stuff like that. Um, yeah. Busted Open, I always listen to them. Uh, AW Unrestricted, I always find that one rather interesting because you kind of get a, a peek behind the uh, people behind the characters. Right. For AW. So those are those two are usually the ones I listen to. Uh, my mom listens to so many. Um, she listens to Eric Bischoff's podcast, like 83 Weeks, I think it's what it's called. Yeah. She listens to a bunch of them. Uh, she would be better suited to answer this question than I do. But yeah, the two that, when I do listen to them, it's usually um, AW Unrestricted and Busted Open. Those two are pretty cool. Awesome. Awesome. I got to I got to check out the unrestricted because they usually do uh, really good interviews. Yeah, on they, got, they got them on YouTube, too. So it's pretty. Oh, OK, cool. Hold of them. Yeah, awesome. So. Awesome. So, Mike, thank you for those questions. We appreciate them. Yeah, thank um, you, Mike. All right. So mom had a few questions this week. <laughs> what are our thoughts on the comments by Vince McMahon about Finn, Finn Balor? She was dumbfounded. I think what she means was there was a rumor going around that um, 
Vince doesn't see anything in Finn Balor. He just seen, sees him as like mid-card filler. Um, doesn't really bring anything to the table, I think was what it was, basically. Um, and to that, I kind of proves our point that Vince doesn't really know what he's doing sometimes. Cause... I mean, if, 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 if I was Finn Balor, if I was a WWE employee or wrestler, and that was Vince McMahon's thought process of who I am as an employee... I'm yeah. like, get me the hell out of here. Well, the worst part is, though, is that even if you want to get out, they might not, they might trap you. Like, look at Mustafa Ali right now. What's yeah. going on with him? So it's like, that's another one where he's really not that bad in the ring at all. He's not. He's not. And, like, it, 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 even his, even his out of the ring stuff, like his vignettes that oh, he yeah. himself records, he's such a great talker. Yeah, you know? and I did hear there was something, too, where he had an idea. It was kind of like a more political kind of character, and mm-hmm. he went to Vince to it for it, and Vince didn't like it, and he tried to offer something else, and it caused, like, a really big argument. So I just have a feeling that Vince probably tried to make him go a little more um, conservative, needless to say, and that probably wouldn't have settled well with Ali, which uh, it wouldn't have settled well with me, because... Why would you want to be associated with something like that, I guess? But um, it's just like, what the hell is he thinking sometimes? I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's kind of like a megalomaniac. You know? Like, whatever he says goes. That's, like, the worst part. Yeah. He's the end-all, be-all, but it's like, there's no budging him. There's no... There's no when when he's in his way, he is a staunch person, and his way it's either his way or no way at all, and that kind of sucks because you, you you block yourself off from any creative input that could really elevate your product. Yeah, and look you at know, the, like Finn Balor, how we said Shayna Baszler was one of the best NXT Women's Champions of all time. Finn Balor was one of the best NXT Champions of all time, mm-hmm. or none. And it's just, like, the fact that Vince doesn't supposedly see anything in him is insane to me, but also not surprising, because, like I always say, he wasn't seven foot five, 365 pounds either. Mm-hmm. I and would that's say... All that's, that's all Vince sees, is just size, and that's why he probably loves Omos so much. But it's like, you need the personality and the agility, too, mm-hmm. because not everybody cares for constant big size and strength all the time. But remember, that's kind of what I said last week about how the dynamic of the wrestling fan has changed. Yeah. Um, we could use a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more sport. Even, yeah, technic- technicality, too. Like, technicality. We, yeah. the, we need the science of wrestling to come back because yeah, there's, there's yeah. a science to it. There's a yeah. science and a psychology to it, and that needs to be brought back. I felt like that is completely lacking in, in the WWE product. Yeah. Um, in terms of Finn Balor, like I said, I would just work the rest of my contract and get me the hell out of here. You yeah, know? I, I would. I would, too. And I like that you bring that up where there is a science and a psychology behind wrestling. And don't get me wrong. I like the size and speed. Um occasionally like that's why yeah. like people like killer cross and rhea ripley and people like that but that's also the whole science and psychology is why i like Shayna so much because it is just so fascinating to me to just see her pick somebody apart limb from limb and make it look believable that's the thing too 
I mm. love the high flying stuff too. Don't get me wrong, right. but that's just not as realistic as her literally stomping on somebody with her, like stomping on their arm or looking like she's snapping their shoulder in half or separating their shoulder. It looks so realistic. And that's the kind of stuff that always like suckers me in where I'm like physically cringing because it looks like, Oh, she actually did just hurt somebody, but she didn't. Right. That's the kind for- of stuff that it, it amuses me. It entertains me. And I like seeing more of that. And when I don't see it, it's just kind of sad because you need a little variety. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I completely agree. I, I, I can take the young bucks, you know, uh super kick party and spot fest crazy and flips everywhere i could take that but i also like to see matches like brian danielson versus hangman page yes you know which is a complete showcase of wrestling psychology and science behind wrestling so i could take that and you know i could take the other stuff too but i just can't take the fact that our intelligence is getting played with and it has been for years for years and it's uh yeah it is frustrating but clearly not going to change because why would it but um (laughs) another question that's very frustrating to answer is uh what do we think of damien priest's new attitude Uh, i mean on one hand it's like i i i'd rather i'd rather him go back to what he was when he when he first came from nxt Mm -hmm. um but on the other hand, I'm completely happy that at least he is getting some time and there's somebody there, somebody in the back. Hopefully it's Vince McMahon sees something in him because I was always yeah. a big fan of him before he even came to WWE. I thought he could be somebody that could uh, really elevate their own position wherever they're at, mm-hmm. you know, so to see him thriving and doing well in WWE is a good thing. I think once He's one of those that, like, we could look at the U.S. title and look at it as a workhorse title, like a stepping yeah. stone title, oh, because yeah. he's constantly defending it. Mm-hmm. He's constantly defending it. They're actually making him a big deal with this whole persona where you, if you disrespect him, he goes into a rage. You know, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't get it. But for me, uh, you know, as as a, as a Puerto Rican male from New York City, just like him, mm-hmm. uh, wrestling is all about identifying with it as well. Yeah. You know, you like to see people you can identify with. So I can identify with them because we both have the same exact background. We come from the Bronx, Puerto Rican, single mothers and things like that. So, like, you know, for me, it's I'm glad that he can shine. But for me, it's like if he's going to constantly get disqualified, what's the point of having a title? Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree that I'm glad that he's getting showcased because he is more than capable of shining in the spotlight when the lights are brightest, but I get that the name Damien Priest is an oxymoron in and of itself. Yeah, it is. It's just like, why do you have to make it so extreme where that's, I think WWE's problems too, is sometimes they lean too far into the, um, it's either too much or not enough. Yeah. Where you could have it, little subtle things Mm. i thought the archer of infamy character was the better way better because it just it was just cool he had that like cool kind of persona like the rock star vibe whatever Mm -hmm. this is just kind of like i get that it's like a jekyll hyde kind of thing where oh you don't want to make damien mad because i guess like he he's the priest persona sometimes but then when you make him mad he's the damien persona it's like it's just it's silly and like, (laughs) like the even the i think what i mean lean too much into it's like the graphics 
Like the first part of it is white lights, glowing yeah. halo priest kind of stuff, and then it goes to like Damien with like the fire and the hellfire, whatever. It's all about pre- presentation. Yeah, and it looks so basic. I, it just doesn't look. I don't know. It looks like a step down from what like his stuff was before. I yeah. guess, but I'm so glad that they see something in him. I just it was one of those like when it initially happened, where like why did you change it? Because right. it was perfectly fine the way it is, but. Vince probably thought it was cool that day, so that's uh, <laughs> that's why, but whatever. Um, so, Mom, thank you for those questions. Um, all right, so Jeff asked me a few different questions uh, a few days ago. Okay. So he um, he told me we had to amend this question, obviously, because um, kind of got the answer to it a little bit. But what are the chances Io Shirai and Dakota Kai get called up at this rate um, after the Rumble, after having a dark match on SmackDown? Uh, God, probably <laughs> I probably wouldn't be surprised if they show up. You think so? It just makes me nervous, extremely nervous, because we've seen the track record that um, the Japanese women have had on the main roster, um, aside from Oscar, but even including Oscar too, because some of her booking decisions have been questionable. Yeah, so it sure. makes me nervous for Io Shirai because obviously Io Shirai is one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. So that makes me very nervous. And I'm mm-hmm. extremely nervous for Dakota because she's not getting a lot of time in NXT right now. So why is she going to get a lot of time on SmackDown or meaningful time? Let's change that. Meaningful time because she could be on TV getting jobbed out to somebody or she actually could have a meaningful spot on the roster. And I kind of hope she does, but. We've seen the NXT track record on the main roster, and it is uh, not good. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Good. I would be nervous as well for, especially for Io Shirai, because yes. she had to uproot her whole entire life just to make this happen. You know, yeah. in WWE, so you kind of want to hope that they that they treat her well, that they give her some some time to shine, to so show some sort of appreciation for what she was able to do to make it happen and to come to WWE. So that's my only hope. Uh, but if I keep my expectations low, I can't be disappointed. So hey, if you have no expectations, it's even better. Exactly. Yep. Just Don't. have no expectations and you won't be disappointed. Honestly, <laughs> it, which is sad that we have to say that, but they have given us no choice. Um, let's see. Would Dan Housen versus Adam Cole be the best match ever in AEW, or would it be Dan Housen versus Hook? Oh man, that's tough. I I, I love Dan Housen. Which um, obviously, for those who don't remember, um, during Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy's Lights Out match on Wednesday, which was a great match, by the way, that was, yes, that was. was really good. Um, <laughs> Adam went to go pull a chair out from under the ring. Uh, somebody was holding on to it, so he pulled them out from under the ring, and it just so happened to be Dan Housen, <laughs> who apparently is now all elite. So that's gonna be fun. I I love um, Dan Housen, man. He's just like he's it's, wild. It's just a complete out of the box. Yeah. creative character mm-hmm. you know that he he's tapped into his own creativity that he's able to monetize it and even now that he's out with an ankle injury he's still able to capitalize and be popular because it's just such a different character that you see in wrestling it's just oh yeah uh, it, it, it's it's hilarious it, it's hilarious and he's actually an entertaining wrestler yeah um <laughs> Dan Housen versus Adam Cole or Hook would be just funny to watch because it would kind of remind me of like Orange Cassidy in a way where uh-huh. 
Adam or Hook would not know how to handle Danhausen, and Danhausen would just be himself. <laughs> I'd be very interested to see Orange Cassidy and Danhausen and see how that would go. I would, would love <laughs> be wild. I would love to see Danhausen not want to fight Hook, but actually like want to team up with him. Yeah, and, and just be like I. Uh... And then like Danhausen kind of emulate Hook, where he like he doesn't look at his opponent in the ring, and yeah. he's just. Oh my god! Oh, man. Is, I'm honestly going to be. I'm very interested to see what Danhausen does in AEW because, like you said, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, yeah. A lot of crazy shenanigans that could happen. Yeah. If you don't, oh. if you don't know who Danhausen is, I mean, he's got a YouTube blog. Check out his yeah. blog on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Always speaks um, in the third person. Yes, he always speaks in third person. All he cares about is money yeah. and, and, and and teeth, and you're not allowed to curse. Yeah, well, that's a shame. No swearing. No swearing. Okay, well, unfortunately, he can't be on the show. <laughs> can't can't listen to our show either, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, we go back to uh, NXT 2.0. Of the uh-huh. newer crop of women in NXT 2.0, who do you think has the brightest future in WWE and outside of it? <sighs> well, um, Cora Jade, for sure, has a bright future. Yeah. Um, sooner rather than later, she will be NXT Women's Champion. I, uh... Would not be surprised in the least. Um, outside of WWE, who could benefit um, a lot of them, honestly, <laughs> because obviously, uh, hmm. I mean, we've seen Toxic Attraction do good outside of WWE, so I mean, that wouldn't be surprising. But huh. it's tough because again, it's like. The, the, I I wouldn't say the NXT women's roster is, is uh is thin, yeah. But it, it's like not established. Yes, yeah, it, that's a good way to put it. It's not established. So it's yeah, it's tough. From what we've seen so far, um, I would definitely say out of all of them, Cora Jade has the brightest future for sure. And she's young too, which is yes. a good uh, it's a good upside for her. It's always a painful reminder when they're younger than I am. So it's like that's how <laughs> like thanks because I think she's only like what twenty one. I think. I think yeah. she's like 21, 22. Yeah. Some... Still, I'm like, I'm 25. So it's like, okay, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Could be doing that instead, but. I don't really know. Cause like they don't have, they don't have a large, I'm looking at the roster right now and it's not really a large roster and you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say Raquel is probably the closest to getting called up. She will. Oh, oh Zoe Stark too. When she comes back. Zoe Stark is always a fr- uh, favorite of mine. When she comes back, she's gonna be great. She has, she has that, she has the newer vibe of of a women's wrestler who's not afraid to lay in her shots. Yes, she works on her on her on her footwork. Uh, you know, her footwork is never clunky or anything like that. So yeah. I think she would she would do good. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, definitely those for sure. Um, I agree that. Raquel is and indifferent really as I am to her is definitely going to be the next one to come up to the main roster if not Dakota Kyrie Shirai. It's uh-huh. so tough because you want to say those two but they're not like the new crop of women, mm-hmm. so it's tough. But oh well. Um, what can you say? Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they can somewhat replicate the NXT women's divisions of past, but it's going to be tough. That'll be tough. Oh yes. Cause you see the divisions they've had and yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a, a stretch, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? Um, all right. This question I have been thinking about 
and I'm honestly, I was excited to answer this question. So he would like to know, what are some of our AEW versus WWE interpromotional dream matches? Ooh, I mean, Jesus, that, that that could take a whole nother hour if we, if yeah, we I wanted have quite it a few. to. <laughs> I have quite a few. Um, The one, I don't know why it stuck out to me, but I think it's because when I was watching, um, what was I watching? Um, I think I was watching Dynamite. I don't know why uh-huh. it just hit me when I saw it. Chris Statlander versus Bianca Belair would be fantastic. That would be good. That would be good. Two power base wrestlers. Two um, like surprisingly athletic yeah. women too. So yeah, that would be great. Um I think we've even mentioned it too. Um Shayna Baszler and Layla Hirsch. That'd be fun. That would be a really good one just to see those two absolutely just beat the snot out of each other. Um, that'd be cool. It's kind of tough for me to say somebody in Ruby Soho because Ruby's kind of already been there, so it'd be kind of tough to say. Right. That's the that's the hard part that I'm finding is because, let's be honest with you, a lot of AEW roster, I'd say 50%, maybe even more, yeah. has been on the WWE side. So, I mean, yeah. you could always look back at the tried and true, you know, New Day versus Young Bucks. Yeah. It's something that'd be cool to happen. Um, um, um something out of the ordinary like uh, like a boogs versus powerhouse hobbs yeah you know um it's sad that all i'm thinking of are women's matches my apologies but um, no it's cool uh nyla rose and rhea ripley that'd be good that'd That'd be be good that'd be be good um oh oh yeah i just got one um it could be a two-parter uh Britt baker versus sasha banks and or Britt baker versus becky lynch Britt Baker versus Becky Lynch is a money match. On the te- even out of the ring, both of those opponents for Britt on the mic too, fantastic. I could imagine. Sure. I would love the promos between Becky and Britt, like for sure. Um, okay, let me think about some. Let me think about some of the men's. Um, it's kind of tough mm. because again, I've seen some of these already. <laughs> like. Ugh. Braun Breaker versus Powerhouse Hobbs would be a good one too. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one for Hook. <laughs> um, Boogs. B- Boogs and Hook. Boogs and Hook is just because of the just absolute polar opposites on the personality scale. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be a good one. Um, striking wise, um, I would love to see Pete Dunne and Hook. Oh yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a really good one. Um. Oh my God, I'm trying to think of somebody. Well, the problem is again, it's tough for me to pick like dream matches for like Adam Cole and Malachi Black because we've seen so many of them already on the WWE right. side. Um, that's the that's the that's the thing. Like I said, it's just like the rosters are kind of kind of like been there before, you know. Yes, exactly. Um. Hmm. Trying to think of somebody for Dante Martin because that'd be oh Dante Martin and AJ Styles would be a pretty good one. That would be good or Dante and Ricochet. Ooh, oh my god, that would be those two would be pinballing all over the ring. That'd be great. That'd be nuts. Oh, that'd be really nice. Um, who is somebody Malachi has not faced in WWE? Hmm. <sighs> That's a tough one. That's the worst part. Um, Malachi and Damian Priest would be good. Oh yeah, we never did see that one. Oh, my we god, never did get to see them lock up. My mom would die if that actually happened. <laughs> I don't know who she would pick. Um, Adam Cole and Damian. Now we saw, have we seen Adam Cole and Damian Priest? I feel like we have. 
Probably in NXT, yeah. Yeah, somebody. Somewhere we probably did. Um, His real life, Finn Balor, Dante Martin would be a really good one, too. Ooh, that would be good. Oh, Cesaro and Hangman Adam Page. Cesaro, Hangman, and a page. Wow. That'd be a, a five-star. Oh, they, that would be absolutely. Oof. Did we ever, we did get like instances of Brian Danielson and Cesaro, but never a full-on match, I don't think. I don't believe so. That I could ever remember. One thing I always remembered is when, when Brian Danielson was, you know, on his up and up as Daniel Bryan chasing after the world title, there was this one time where he had a gauntlet match. And uh, it was like Jake Hager was in it. And yep. this was when Cesaro was in We The People. And when Cesaro yep. and Daniel Bryan hooked up, man, they were just going at it. And yeah. it was just like, oh. I would love to see this match one-on-one. Oh, absolutely. That would, yeah. <sighs> we could honestly, like you, like you said, we could honestly spend a whole episode talking about like dream matches and why we'd want to see them. But For sure. Maybe we can do that someday. Who knows? One we'll day. To, we'll have to figure that out. Um. All right. So he had to throw us a little bit of a curveball and he said okay. i know neither of us are big on the uh joshi scene yet but he still has to ask if we could pick some joshi wrestlers to come through the forbidden door and wrestle for any american company who would we pick to fight where i'm oh. not up on my joshi yet um from the I'm very not up, from the all very of limited them. yeah yeah all, yeah, all <laughs> of the above. um huh, i from the very limited things that I have seen, I would definitely say you would want Utami Hayashishida somewhere because of just mm-hmm. how good she's been. Um, oh, yeah. <sighs> Shori, for, for sure. Um, <sighs> hmm. I know Maki Ito, and I know she could make a lot oh, of money in these absolutely. states. Absolutely, She would make a ton of money in the states. God, absolutely. That would be... Uh, we want to see her back, honestly. Yeah, um, like on a permanent level, she she yeah. would make so much money. She... Yeah. Um. Hmm. Um. Uh, I'm I'm going back into like my messages with him because um there was the one that we were talking about. Oh, Mina Shirakawa. Uh huh. That would be a good one. Um. Hmm. Like I said, he's probably hoping we're like saying certain names, and he's just like, all right, I feel like vindicated now. Uh, um. Hmm. We we semi know what we're talking about here. I mean, I feel like for him, I'm obligated to say like, um, I like Tam Nakano, um, Starlight Kid. Definitely for him, he would want to see Starlight Kid in the states. Um. Yeah. I honestly, like I said, from the very limited Joshi uh, stuff that I have seen, you could really put any of them in the states, and they would uh. They would shine, like for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's I would I would say those ones. Um I believe I think that's actually it. I think that's all the questions we got. Oh wow. Look at that. We got all our questions in. Uh this was certainly uh uh one of our one of my favorite episodes <laughs> to record because I felt like even though the rumble was kind of on a downside, we yeah. got a lot of uh, we got a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, that you guys should check out. You guys should check out all the episodes of yeah. the Ringside Rundown podcast. Uh, the best way to do that is through Anchor FM, anchor.fm slash Ringside Rundown, or you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform because through Anchor FM, they distribute the podcast all across the board. I'm talking Spotify, Stitcher, 
Google, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search the Ringside Rundown and you should be able to find it there. Subscribe. And if you can't find it, just hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. And the handle there is at Ringside Rundown. And we will get you the link to the latest episode and where you can find all the other episodes. Like I said, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Ringside Rundown. We're also on Twitter uh, individually. So you can check me out if you want to talk to me at Wrestling Cron. That's Wrestling C H R O N. Shay, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ShaylenHickson21. And I do occasionally Twitch stream. I'm still trying to figure out like a schedule for that. So you can find me there at uh, Shay Hickson underscore Hickson21. And uh, yeah, whenever I do actually uh, stream, come hang out, talk wrestling, I have no problem talking about wrestling or music, video games, literally anything. There you go. There you have it. You can talk to her about anything until you're blue in the sun. So check her out. Check out her Twitch streams. I'm also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Eric the Ghost. If you want to check me out, I greatly appreciate it. I stream throughout Monday through Friday. Uh, so check me out there if you want to. Other than that, like I said, check out the podcast because we have a lot of fun recording it. Ringside Rundown, anchor.fm slash the Ringside Rundown, where you can also leave us voicemail messages. Hit up our voicemail line. The link to the voicemail is anchor.fm slash ringside rundown slash messages. So that's all you have to remember slash messages. You can leave us a voicemail giving us your opinion on anything wrestling, uh, you know, your opinions, or if you want to have your voice lend in some questions. You know, we also are looking for people to join our, our group of our fan base, I guess you could say, who constantly send yeah. us in great questions. Yes. And we and we have our little group of friends and we want you to be a part of. So check us out there. Yes, please do. The more the more the merrier. There you go. The more the merrier. Well, that'll conclude today's episode. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Ringside Rundown breaking down everything that happens in the world of WWE and AEW. Until then, my name is Eric Vasquez. She is Shay Hickson and we'll see you next time. See you later, guys. <laughs>